Nicholas Bornois of Capital Link, and I would like to welcome you to the third annual Capital Link Singapore Maritime Forum. This year, we're hosting this forum as a digital event, and we're hosting it in the context of the Singapore Maritime Week. I would like to welcome you on behalf of Capital Link and also on behalf of our partners, Singhai Marine Services and Columbia Ship Management. Our event this year is going to focus on three main topics technology, finance, and the human element. So for each topic, we have uh, one panel. Uh, before turning it over to Magnus, who is going to uh, host the first panel, I would like to thank the sponsors for making this event possible. So our first panel will be on technology, and I would like to thank Magnus Lande of DNV for putting together and moderating this panel. And the topic of the panel is Maritime digitalization demystified. Magnus, please take uh, over and thank you to you and the panelists for joining us. Hello, uh, good evening, good day, and good morning, um, everyone. Uh, welcome to this panel on maritime digitalization demystified. Practitioners share insights. So, today our focus is on digitalization as a value creator. Meaning, what is it, what is it not, what works, what doesn't, um, how can you measure and monitor its success, and why haven't you come further given all the dust? All to be shed light on by esteemed industry colleagues that have hands-on experience in implementing and developing both new and legacy technologies to create value. These colleagues represent the two ship owners and two technology providers. So welcome to Rens, Jum, Tilo and Leslie. Glad to have you all. Before we get going, I would like to ask all of you to share one minute on who you are and what you bring to the table in terms of helping to demystify digitalization. So I'll start off by inviting you, Rens. Yeah, thank you, Mangus. Um, I represent, uh, represent Berg Bulk. It's one of the uh, world's leading dry bulk operators, owners. Uh, we have a headquarters here in Singapore. And uh, I think what makes us special is that we have an in-house team taking care of operations, ship management, chartering, and everything into one integrated shipping company. And today we have a fleet of our own fleet of about above 60 ships. We manage and operate about uh, a little bit more, about 78. And my role in Bergabalk is the uh, innovation and performance management. And then of course, focusing on digitalization, then the performance management is of course focused a lot on the data and how the ship performs and, and how you can measure that with the data from the ships. So to your question, how do I demystify digitalization? It's by focusing on the functionality uh, for the ship, for the crew, uh, for the top management, and not forgetting that what we've seen in the past uh, is not always as reliable, uh, often it's a gadget. Um, but of course, we need to focus on it because it is the inevitable game changer as we're all having this one uh, live as well. Um, so our industry will adopt digitalization. Uh, I'm just here to make sure for our company it's cost effective and mature before we do so. Cool, thanks, Rens. Um, over to you. Thank you so much, and it's a pleasure to be here in the Steam Company this afternoon. Uh, my name is John Loken, and I head up a company called Cortex. Cortex is a company that is in the space of energy management. So we look at um, how much energy you take into a ship in form of bunker fuel, how well you can use that by monitoring the combustion, the engines, 
the optimization of those and the maintenance of those. Then we look at the power produced, the waste products that you have, as well as the emission control. So that's uh, in short what we do. And then of course here today is uh, to discuss a little bit around how that can add value, how it perhaps it uh, can be proven or it can be hard to prove our value is, uh, as the use cases might be. So looking forward to see how the discussion goes. Thank you, John. Over to you, Tilo. Yes, hello everybody. My name is Tilo Rückert. I'm leading the fleet performance management division at StormGeo. StormGeo is a Norwegian company with worldwide presence and we are delivering weather related services to the shipping industry. And part of this is also fleet performance management for shipping. Yeah, I started more than 10 years ago building up a fleet performance management system back then with DNVGL, now DNV, and we were growing this very um, successfully over the last 10 years. So I think I've seen quite a lot of the digitalization uh, journey throughout the last 10 years, and I'm happy to discuss today um, yeah, how this is in practice right now and how we see the value creation within this. Thanks. Cool, glad to have you. And uh, last but not least, uh, Leslie. Hi, Magnus. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'm uh, Leslie. I'm a general manager for IT at the Pacific International Lines and is headquartered in Singapore. Right, uh, PIL is the largest carrier in Southeast Asia um, with a focus in China, Asia, Africa, South America, Middle East, and Oceanus. Right, uh, we own and operate a, num uh, a large fleet of ves uh, vessels, about 100 container vessels, multi-purpose, uh, serving over 500 locations, uh, 90 countries worldwide. Right uh, Over here at PIL, uh, we do a lot of in-house development. Right, So I lead the overall group IT. Right, I look at the application development part uh, in Singapore. We are about 50 people in Singapore doing applications development and about 50 uh, application developers in India, Chennai, doing the uh, in-house development as well. And then we handle operations, we handle the security uh, as a SOC center centrally for the rest of the branches, agencies, subsidiaries, uh, covering uh, uh, 65 regional local agencies offices, right? And uh, unfortunately, as a, a IT, our job is not just application development, and infrastructure, we also look after the vessels, right? So the vessels, security vessels, applications on board are all also uh, unfortunately under IT responsibilities, right? So it is a lot of responsibilities, but uh, it's exciting, right? Um, it's exciting times to be in, right? Uh, with so much drive for digitalization, I think uh, Magnus will elaborate even more on uh, the digitalization capabilities, technologies available today. So for me, uh, it's an ongoing journey, which I always tell our end users, an ongoing journey, uh, we can take small steps, but uh, we still have to have an overall plan what we want to do, right? There's, uh, I, I don't think as of today, technology is a limitation, right? Rather, technology has improved multifolds exponentially, right? It's about how do we uh, train our people, our skill sets to be able to uh, 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 make use of this technology, right? To bring the most value to our business users. Yep. So that's all. That's my take. Thanks, Magnus.
Thanks for that, Leslie, and please hold that thought. That is very close to uh, what we probably will discuss today. Um, I don't know if there was sound on the initial video, so I just wanted to say uh, that uh, my name is Magnus, and I'm the head of APAC for Veracity, which is DMD's um, data platform. Um, and before we get going on um, the panel debate, I just want to give a very short backdrop to set the scene and the tone and maybe some angles that you may agree or not disagree with uh, here today. So without much further ado, um, digitalization, as we all probably agree on, automation, removing processes, improving decisions, bringing transparency, that's where the, the, the crux to the matter lies. Business models, operating models will change. But I guess, uh, with all due respect, majority is not there yet, especially the SMEs and especially then the majority of the fleet. Uh, more importantly, ship owners, they face increasing pressure from uh, external stakeholders and competition. And the number of requirements that they must fulfill, as you all know, is ramping up and the performance standards are tightening every year. At the same time, cost pressure remains high, which means that the ship owners, also the ones here today, must optimize their operations while ensuring green lights with their customers and stakeholders and minimize cost. And actually, digitalization is uh, key to solving this dilemma. However, as you may have seen, progress with Maritime has yet to take off as much as maybe the high pass around Industry 4.0. Most companies, especially small to medium, are struggling with the basics of getting in touch with the data and using it with meaningful impact. And of course, as Leslie alluded to, not starting off with the purpose and the desired impact definitely hurdles the pace at large. And this is made manifest by the fact that most processes and ways of working are unchanged compared to what they were one or two decades ago. Meaning the operation ashore and on board, the job description, their accountabilities around capturing and interpreting information hasn't changed that much. However, it's not all bleak, and that's why we are here today. As such, one of the most uh, notable developments uh, as an example, uh, is uh, maybe not impressively seen from outside, is the noon report. We have moved it from telex to email to Excel to lately dedicated software to aggregated data to producing insights on deviant performance, all needing to affect decisions ashore and on board, leading to hiring and creating new job roles like the performance manager. Uh, we use this insight to work across operations, ship management, to reduce the fuel bill and maybe soon the emission bill. So one can conclude that this has been a successful development um, as these positions have been kept on and still growing. However, this all took place long before Industry 4.0 or begun long before Industry 4.0 kicked off. And ever since we have seen hiring of CDOs and we have seen firing of CDOs. So, what can we take away from this example successful development still highly powered by data and data driven insights only not yet fueled by the i don't know great gig in the sky the cloud the iot so is the processes of change that much different just because the data comes in at a higher frequency is it more complex to implement these changes just because it's an alert instead of a dashboard and of course parallels can be drawn to the likes of maintenance managers however I would uh, state that the performance manager perhaps represents the most relevant example today. Because next year we are entering the last 10,000 days till 2050, the year which soon all companies and nations will have pledged to be completely carbon neutral, a target we all know isn't reached overnight, currently making the decarbonization journey the key motivation for digitalization. Just like digitalization will be one of the key enablers for decarbonization. 
thereby improving the pace towards decarbonization is paramount in staying competitive going forward and digitalization is a paramount enabler. So my challenge for today is that we spend so much time on understanding why what we have done so far has worked when trying to understand the success factors for tomorrow. And finally, I hope that we will see some opposing worldviews, experiences, and not agree on everything with an aim for not only our listeners to learn something, but also we here on the panel. And with that, I'll also just like to remind everyone that there is a Q&A function in Zoom, so please use it, and we'll pick up on your questions and try to address them during the debate. So, I would like to start off by asking you, Tito. You and Stormgeo have now been in the game of developing and implementing data-driven tools for Maritime for two decades. Can you share if digitalization or Industry 4.0 so far has changed much on your end? And is more quality data becoming available? And does it bring more value for the end user? Yeah, that's uh, definitely an interesting question. Thanks. Um, I mean, if we look at the past, the last decade, I think there were distinct waves uh, of development, right? I mean, when we started 10 years ago, the, the state-of-the-art uh, reporting system uh, on ships was Excel tables or emails. Um, that was very widespread in the most shipping companies. And then roughly 10 years ago, the first wave started where more and more shipping companies were adopting um, real software products um, to do their ship to shore reporting, which brought a big increase in data quality already. Um, and that was even more boosted. And that is the second wave um, about five years ago that when the uh, environmental uh, compliance rules for MRV and DCS came into place. That was a big push for the whole market because then for the first time, nearly all shipping companies needed a, a real digital software system for ship to shore reporting. And that boosted the availability of data. And we are talking about manual data still quite a lot, right? And then in the last um, five years, three to five years, um, there we finally saw the boost um, of uh, automated data acquisition, um, more and more ships, uh, which are equipped with sensors coming on the market, um, the retrofitting um, becoming more and more cost effective, um, so that um, more and more shipping companies were willing to invest into these technologies. Right? Five years ago, this was just a theoretical possibility. Nowadays, we see quite a lot of ships which are really in practice equipped with these uh, uh, measurement, measurement devices. And now we are also seeing um, the applications for this, right? So you can say today, state of the art as we see it, is a manual ship to shore reporting systems where you do your classical noon reporting and um, also for compliance reasons. But this is then more and more enhanced with automated data um, where it uh, pays off and it especially pays off uh, in rather technical uh, questions. If you look, for example, at engine performance, there it's uh, very important to have um, up-to-date and very high-frequency data to be able to spot um, deficiencies. Um, if you look at hull performance, the fouling on, on, the, on the hull, that's also very important to have um, very good and high-frequent data. And then you're also able to spot uh, the performance differences in these uh, areas, which was impossible before, right? With the normal uh, email-based noon report, uh, which was state-of-the-art 10 years ago, it was not possible to do these kind of analysis. So yes, it pays off um, um, as we see it in the rather specialized and very 
at technical spaces in the world of um, the pure commercial charter party controlling we still rely very much on manually reported data but that's also um, going to change uh, going forward i think because the as the uh, automated data acquisition systems become more and more widespread um, shipping companies are also thinking about replacing this classical um, consumption reporting with more automated data so we're seeing a, a heavy move there uh, within the last years yes cool well, that's a, a good share you know um, and if you bring then this a bit over to sort of you know the the, the end users here the the ship owners so to you leslie uh, you have a fairly strong IT capacity, as you already mentioned, and also capability. Why many container companies do have compared to others because of the logistics they typically are involved in. But what is your take on, on what has changed in terms of how data-driven tools or data availability and insights have changed the way that you do value creation? Uh, is the principles still the same, or has that also changed now because of the developments? Yeah, uh, thanks, Magnus. Uh, so maybe I just extend a bit on the uh, noon, uh, since you started on noon reporting, right? So in terms of noon reporting, uh, what has changed is that uh, vessels, uh, the, the cost of a VSAT has gone down, right? The uh, infrastructure to make all this data-driven uh, ap uh, approach um, more uh, uh, available to uh, ship owners. Right. Uh, of course, the cost of ownership for the sensors on board the vessels is also much reduced. So this gives us, uh, uh, I mean, even some VSAT providers have a dedicated bandwidth without affecting the uh, crew, the IT, the OT network. Dedicated bandwidth purely for the collection of data. Right. So this uh, is is very encouraging to see uh, VSAT providers, service providers providing this kind of level of infrastructure available for uh, ship owners to be able to leverage on. And of course, uh, we can't do all this alone, right? So the key thing is to uh, also work with uh, good, service pro uh, uh, good service providers, partners to be able to provide some of this data, right? So today uh, we always, we are able to easily reach out uh, websites that can uh, look at uh, uh, metrological uh, information on the, for the vessels. You look at AIS data, you look at speed, Everything, all this is pretty much self-service, right? All these are available easily. Uh, and, 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 and with the proliferation of so many vendors having this set of information, all, all these uh, technologies and uh, web, web information is available. So for in terms of uh, general data-driven tools uh, and value creation, uh, the key thing is that the ability to, to present this data Right to ingest and present this data uh, directly to the end users, right? Uh, end users able to get the information uh, as a self-service report uh, uh, easily, and also to have it real time. So all this information can be easily um, viewed by the users real time, and of course, uh, the data is centralized and having a single point of truth for the various users, whether it's the technical uh, managers or the crew team, right, or, or the IT team, we have all the information at our fingertips, right? And uh, for, on top of that, there's a lot of uh, uh, capabilities, ability to process large amount of data today, 
So uh, that does not mean that we have to be limited to noon reports. We can get census data, right? Uh, the, the census data can be quickly real-time processed to go and uh, to find out what is the uh, performance for the vessel, right? Even, ves even bunker consumption does not require you to wait uh, uh, end of the day or end of the month or end of the week to be able to find out what is the vessel consumption, right? All this information are also real-time available for us to compute and uh, 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 correlate with the voyage pattern of the vessel, uh, sailing, sailing uh, voyage and so on. Right, um, and of course, for me, uh, a lot of the from from ship owners' perspective, uh, all this visibility is good for the uh, the technical team for the the fleet division. But on top of that, uh, how we use the data is also to be able to find uh, ways that we can automate functions. Right, using data to automate some to trigger and automate some of the functions that the business user needs to do manually. For example, to submit port forms, to submit uh, a, a crew change information, all this can be easily uh, picked up from the vessel directly through the reports, uh, automatically submitted to the, uh, to the authorities directly, right? And uh, finally, the key thing, um, the principles are still the same, right? Uh, we want everybody to have the ability to uh, easily identify and uh, monitor what is the performance, the metrics, right, of the uh, things, the 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 uh, vessel that we are monitoring, right, and also the key to motivate the team on how to improve better, right. So the system not only be able to automate but also guide, provide insights to the user how to improve their operations, how to improve their performance. All right. Yeah, thanks, Leslie. That was a great yeah, insight to, 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 to your experiences on, on what has changed and how it changed your value creation. And then taking then one step closer even to the end user, uh, Rens, you are, an, you are what we can call an end user and also maybe a facilitator of, of, of multiple end users with your innovation and, and fleet performance management uh, role. To excel decision making from data driven insights. Can you share on how do you go about ensuring value is derived from, say, a dashboard, irrespective if the data behind this high frequency are your PMN reports? Uh, or has that also changed? Is it becoming you know, less or more difficult to realize, for example, dashboard driven value with the new type of tools? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. And uh, thanks also. I already did uh, something there. Uh, I think for us, of course, it, it's we are very focused on the crew itself, right? It happens on the ship, so regardless, or if you if you need the data on shore, right, you want to have that insight on board. So our earliest project started very much like, okay, well, let's give the guys some more insight on board. But as as the time progressed, of course, also we needed to have some dashboards in the office. So we also started to say, hey, uh, look at long term trends, and that's something that you know it's already touched upon by Tilo. But long-term trends is something that makes a difference. And, and to go a little bit into a high frequency versus new reports, I think we could go a long way with the new reports still. Because if you if you add all the points up on a trend line, you can, for instance, see the fouling very clearly. Maybe I disagree with you there a little bit, Tilo, but that, that high frequency also does that. But 
you, you, you know, in, in very basics, you, you can see it very clearly that, for instance, after a long anchorage stay, you know, you see a jump in that. And that's purely by getting the right metrics, setting them on a timeline. And that is something that the crew necessarily doesn't uh, act upon because it's so long term. You know, this is not something happening overnight. All of a sudden, you know, three months later, well, this time it's a bit difficult to say the crew has changed. But, uh, but still, right, three months later, in theory, uh, some of the guys have been all, all off the ship. Uh, this is very long-term trends. And I, I do think, especially combining that with Zister vessels, that dashboards based on noon reports still go, go a long way. Um, what is the useful one and what's then the useful for the dashboards? That's very simple, right? That's, that's just the KPIs that the, the, the vessel managers or superintendents see now, that the crew see now. You want to make sure that the dashboards represent that KPI so that we're basically talking about the same system. And that's why, you know, I, I already mentioned we are an integrated uh, shipping company, means operations and ship management is sitting next to each other. But even there, uh, we, we chose uh, Storm Geo basically because it facilitated the same communication. So you get everybody talking about the same data, looking at the same KPIs. And that's where you don't start having a discussion. Is this true or not? Is that data real from the ships, which you always have to some point in time from the from the noon reports? But it's stepping stepping over that, like, is that reliable to the percent, 5%, 10%, right? But you're pretty sure that if you track it on, on the timeline, that you will see something. Um, I think also, you know, talking about the dashboard, it has increased tremendously. And I think we have not really uh, had the end of it because if it's high frequency or noon reporting, basically you see several systems, right? And that's where you see, okay, does company have in-house a real big data lake, like maybe uh, you have Leslie, uh, or, or do you rely more with a smaller team like we have? Do you rely more on, uh, on providers like StormGeo, but also others that are maybe focused on some other aspects? Like for instance, uh, the budget is not, unimportant for vessel managers obviously so to keep track of that and and that's also part of the data right to see if the inventory on board is okay i don't know where that falls under but that's usually uh, crucially important to to see if uh, you know if, if you're cost effective or not so uh, again to come back in, in uh, the value derived has to be very much related to kpi and that's not only the the, the vessel performance, so to say. Arguably, it's the bigger one. It's a more complicated one because, you know, you have to agree on it with the charterer, with, uh, with the owner, with the ship manager. So it's a big step. Um, but all the other KPIs you should not forget. You should put it in relevance next to each other. Uh, from our side, anyway. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to provide tools to the vessel managers uh, to say, okay, the next step in the functionality of against Storm Geo there as inside is a very good suite. Uh, how do we how do we get more insight into it? And in that sense, the high frequency data comes into play, obviously, right? Because the the, the whole fouling is something you could do with noon reporting. But to see if your auxiliary engine, yeah, the famous one or two auxiliary engines, if they're running or should run or not, that you have to do with high frequency. And there, I just wanted to make a note there. You always have to be careful that the need for that auxiliary one or two to run always comes into a system. So I'd look forward to John's comment on that later to say, uh, you know, energy in is energy out. Then, then how do you measure that? So the high frequency data certainly will play a role there. 
if our dashboards would significantly change, I think they will just get more accurate because that is the holy grail anyway, right? You, you want to have your, your noon reports, your high frequency data, you want to reduce that. But I have to say also on high frequency, you already see some things that are very uh, surprising to see with high frequency data. We thought we were eliminating something. Uh, turns out that you know, you're not making it always much easier. And then the third one I, I want to I want to say in this forum is the uh, and, and it's already mentioned by by Leslie you want to empower the suppliers the OEMs the makers of the equipment as well that's that's the thing forgotten right because the guys on board you know it's I know it's a little bit of my statement always but they don't always have the deep insight because they cannot get into the electronics of the equipment you know, the electronic engine for instance and I'm sad to say that often you see that reliability of of the equipment is also caused by electronics like you would expect, right? Like, please restart your uh, boiler. Maybe, maybe the fault will go away, right? Because the data has been uh, has been built up, or some some crazy thing like that. So, if we would link that in some way, the high frequency data that is then, because other things they can't really use. If you would couple that to the to the OEMs on board, you could also get help from them, from the designers, the builders of it. And I think before we are there, that, that's a very long way out. And therefore, I think your, your, your veracity system, Magnus, is very, very useful. You know, it's an independent platform of data sharing that you need, because otherwise, you know, you will end up talking a lot about the uh, who owns the data, you know, who can share it. And, and of course, OEMs, they're very good at receiving data, but they're not very good at turning that around into some functionality that we can use. So we're, we're just starting. So also, let's, you know, it's an ongoing thing. Noon reporting still comes comes a long way with us, but but we are now we are now at this uh, sharpening the KPIs and making sure that the whole thing for the vessel manager is very clear, uh, and not only the the, the vessel performance uh, on the fuel part. Interesting. That's lots of good uh, reflections and and hooks there, uh, Renzo, which I'm sure we'll we'll work back to. Um, then taking a, a different angle and, and handing the word over to Jum, representing the startup here today, not necessarily boggled down with legacy processes or technical debts, etc., like uh, maybe most of your clients. Keen uh, to hear a bit from you, Jum, on, on how do you work with your clients in, in securing the real return on investment, and you know uh, whether uh, how much your approach is affected or not by. The technology, you know, you maybe coming to the table with more uh, newer processes, agile, scrum, all these ways so distilling, uh, testing value faster. It's cool to hear from you on, 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 on your experience in that and how you work with your clients. Mm. Yeah, thank you. And it's been a lot of good input here already. So it's, it's you know, so many things I'd love to sort of start talking about here now. But it's, um, it's a good point uh, to talk about the ROI. And I feel like, of course, when you come in with a, 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 if you're a young startup, I mean, now we, we have the fortune of being on board of uh, 12 ships and two more coming online this week uh, means that, you know, we already have some credentials, but, um, you know, when you have a, a concept and an idea, then you also rely very much on finding uh, someone to work with in the industry that is willing to take a leap of faith. Uh, Carolyn Yang this morning mentioned it, and she kind of also just quoted Mr. Yi Yangchi from yesterday, saying that we can't just talk to talk about digitization. We have to walk to walk as well. There has to be a willingness to invest and, and take that leap of faith, I think, in, in, the, in some of the startups and see how can this 
technology or this solution fit into what we're aiming to do. Uh, digitalization, of course, we, we've got to just like take a moment perhaps to, to look at what it means really, because it's not just about adding another software or another solution on top of everything you have. It should be about how you rethink how you do what you do. So go back to looking at why is it that someone is spending four hours a day on board each and every ship to collect all the data for the noon report and then typing it into an Excel sheet and then it's being sent to the office and then it's being plugged into the PMS. I mean, the, the, that, of course, it is not a digital process even today on the vast majority of ships. So you got to look at what is it that we're trying to do here, what are we trying to achieve, what we're going to invest in. And um, we definitely see that when it comes to the point where we have a few vessels on board, we need to really prove the, the ROI because willingness to invest in technologies like Cordex has to be very directly related to what the monetary uh, value is. How much more can I earn per ship and how much less can I spend per ship? Because this is not a compliance uh, product. This is a, a nice to have product. And therefore it has to be a win win on, on the product. But I, I have a challenge really for the industry because one thing is like getting, getting on board existing ships. But what we also see is that when new ships are being planned today, these are ships, the ships that are being designed and planned and, and the makers list are being drawn up for now in the order books. These are ships that are gonna sail well into the 2030s. So meaning what you, you should think about what technology, what kind of tech providers do you wanna have on board among the startups in the maritime world today and bring them in, us into the makers list because that's where we see perhaps we are seen as something to be retrofitted rather than something to be part of the ship as she rolls out of the yard and uh, start to see what the first maiden voyage. And that, that is something I'd like to challenge the industry a bit with as well. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of some of the main points here. And I loved Leslie's point on, on seeing how, on his comment on how the technology solutions are improving so vastly and so quickly now. And that is definitely the case. And it's, uh, of course, it's then off to us to really then keep adding value and finding new ways of collaborating among us, uh, other tech providers, in order to add more value to the users as well. Yeah, thanks, Joan. Uh, very cool to also hear your angle and, and, and how you uh, experience the, the pressure to, to, to prove an ROI with, with your customers. And, and it's, a, it's a great point. I'm, I'm you know, distilling out, um, also trying to get at there that, you know, we come from an era of having had KPIs and dashboards for quite some time as we started out with, with, uh, with Tilo and Rens has alluded to that they, they use them and maybe they haven't changed. And Leslie has talked about how his capability on, you know, facilitating this for for the, his end users in um, in PIL can, you know, can get more, more value, higher frequency, effect decisions more. But uh, still we see that, you know, there are a lot of pilots that aren't really kicking off. Uh, they're not necessarily going from pilot to production and from production on one ship to scaling out of a fleet of, of 100. So also keen on, on, on hearing a bit, you know, uh, what is, what, what are some of the missing links um, in actually 
defining and understanding the use cases uh, enough. Anyone want to give a go on, on sharing from, from their side of the equation? No, I can give it a try. I mean, this, uh, I think what, um, what was also described by the, the other panelists here is that um, we have a lot of data available today um, and it's online and it's up to date. Um, but still the processes are more or less the same, right? So it is very easy to have um, an uh, oversupply of data, right? Um, which makes life of people even harder and normally should make it easier, right? So it's actually uh, um, um, yeah, a conflict here, which we are producing with putting more and more and more also automated data to the same, to the same people. So um, what we are trying to do is um, to go away a little bit from this classical data collection dashboarding business, right? Where the end user has to decide where to look at and, and drive their own analysis. Um, and we are trying to go towards um, very uh, um, distinct um, alerting functions, right? Where we have our um, calculations and uh, in the background, um, and we are trying to automatically point the end user towards where he should look at day by day, right? So that they are not uh, overwhelmed by a big majority uh, of dashboards and data they could analyze each day or each week, but that we very distinctly um, point them towards where they should look at today and which uh, are the problems they should solve today and which are the most important ones, right? And that, that is also, um, our take on trying to change the processes from this big vast um, analysis job you would have with more and more data available to a very um, streamlined day-by-day um, -day routine where you can um, focus on solving the biggest problems in your fleet first um, and that's i think more and more important the more automated data and the more um, yeah available high frequency data you have because otherwise you will get overwhelmed with the possibilities the pure possibilities of doing um, all the anal analytics um, manually i think that that's a very uh, important step um, to changing the day-to-day -day routine of people who have to do the technical analysis that's a very interesting reflection i would like to ask if anyone else on the panel has have some comments to that or if they agree or disagree or see the same or you know um or what I, or something. Yeah, I, I, I totally can second what Tilo is saying that uh, it is definitely a burden sometimes to take on uh, a new pro a new tech provider or a new solution. Uh, it's like, you know, when the first ever hotel opened up a computerized booking system, it was a Hilton Hotel in Manhattan in 1980. And, and it was mayhem in a hotel that day. There was chaos because nobody could manage to check in on time. Nobody could check out on time. The rooms weren't ready on time because it was such a pain to introduce a computerized system. And, uh, and of course, you know, if you come and bring in a system, uh, for instance, something that can help you to rationalize your dry dockings, for instance, then it will still be something that you have to take attention to rather than putting everything in an excel sheet over time yes it will be giving you great value but it's painful there and then and i think that's perhaps where we try to have to try to be, be more facilitating and i need i know some of our, our co-startups here in singapore are looking at 
providing a, a transformation team where they kind of try to make that transition completely uh, painless for the, the customer. Building on that then, Rems, uh, in, in, in your <laughs> game, if you, if you are laying, if you are facilitating, uh, yeah, if you influence how your ship managers make their decisions or allocate their time, you know, is, is this part of the future to narrow down the, their focus area and ping them when, when they... Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely. You don't want to overwhelm them. They're, they're very busy and on board, obviously, they're also very busy. You don't want to do that. I think John has got a very good point. That has something to do with the maturity, maturity as well of, of all these systems, right? You, and, and again, in shipping, you really don't want to be the first. And there's very good reasons for that. It's not because we're lazy, because we're old fashioned or something like that. It's because the first one will have so much problems. And you're like, well, why should we, why should we have that? You know, you have to be cost effective. So there's certainly a barrier there. Uh, and, and again, I think a lot of the technology isn't mature and, and mature in a way that you also have to go back to you quickly come back to a strategy of a company, right? Do you want to outsource this? Do you want to say, you know what? And we did, we had pilot projects as well. It's like we outsource it to a certain company. They do the performance management and they do that. But obviously, right, you're missing out on some of the data yourself, right? Is then data, data has to be a focus. How much of it? How do you organize that whole ecosystem? Because the ship and the crew is just a part of it, right? It's everybody around it as well, facilitating them. And to get that into a system that everybody gets their share of ownership and, and, and sharing, and also cybersecurity, because let's not forget a lot of these things, they counter cybersecurity. I mean, even 10 years ago, I was with a supplier in Korea. And, and at that time, that guy was just logging in live into the ship. He said, I said, are you really live here? I said, yeah, I can control, uh, you know, I can shut down generators. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, no, no, no that's, that's, that's remote online control. You know, a 25-year-old that, that, that had control over a large series. Obviously, you changed it, but I mean, yeah, it's very tricky before you want to go to that level, right? You want to do it a bit control, okay? Yeah, no, that's a great um, insight, Rens. Um, uh, I'm also seeing that we are nearing uh, the end here, unfortunately. I, I, there's so many more questions that we I would like to address, and uh, it's a great panel I have, but... Um, I would like to, you know, uh, if we could slowly begin a bit of the of the wrap up, or you know, you know, some some key takeaways from today, maybe a key a key suggestion from for your how your industry pairs should succeed, and maybe we begin with you, Leslie. Uh, Yep. All right. So it's it's a bit scary when Renz mentioned that uh some twenty five years old can uh, remotely access the vessel. All right. So yes, security, cybersecurity, as well as the, the ability to to provide data and the security controls on board the vessels to be able to uh, ensure that data goes to the right party uh, is is so important. So today, not only goes to the uh um, the ship owners, but also goes to uh, a cloud providers as well. So, so uh, this is very important, right? Uh, I echo a lot of the uh, uh, sharing by uh, Tilio and John, right? Um, on the uh, data that, uh, that are our users overwhelmed with the amount of data. So some key takeaways that I will highlight is that uh, sometimes when I check with my business user, do you need this set of data? Do you need that set of data? They say, oh, everything is good to have. I, I can survive, I can guess, right? I can pretty much guess uh, how, how, what I need to do, 
right? Uh, my, my guys on board the vessel are not meant to look at this data uh, every minute. They are supposed to look out the window, right? So, so these are some of the comments that they provide. So uh, what they actually meant is that uh, they, they need us as the uh, uh, maritime, uh, um, st strong in the maritime domain uh, experience to be able to correlate some of this data, right? Not only to calibrate the data, but also correlate the data to provide them the real insights that they are actually checked uh, and, and also provide recommendations of what they should pay attention to. Those are the things that uh, they want to be shared with them, right? So allow the users to calibrate what are the ranges that, that should, should uh, inform me, right? And also to be able to connect that dots with the data that they are receiving in-house from various providers, right? Like if instead of looking at, uh, imagine looking at one screen has five different uh, dashboards trying to tell one story, right? Why can't we correlate it together, right? And tell that single information that the uh, fleet requires. Those, those are the, uh, the maritime experienced uh, staff is able to provide to the uh, end users directly, right? So it's, it's, it goes beyond data, right? It goes beyond data collection. Yep, that's all I have. Yeah, interesting, thanks. Um, uh, could we also get, uh, just looking at time here, uh, could we also get like a 30 second uh, summary from uh, or a key takeaway suggestion from, from you, Tilo? Yes, I think, um, one of the takeaways here is what, what, what Renz and also others said here that let's not look very narrowly at just uh, technical performance. I think the key is to, to also show the whole bandwidth of data, um, make it accessible for people on shore. Um, and I think that's a big topic we are also working with, um, that you have the, the, all the required data from, from one source basically. And also another key takeaway I had was what Jon um, mentioned, um, that we have to work much more towards um, uh, getting ships equipped in the right way from the yard on, not uh, concentrate so much on retrofitting, and then we'll see uh, even a much bigger uptake in this whole uh, industry 4.0, as you called it, Marcus, in the beginning. That's a very, very interesting aspect, I think. Thank you. And then uh, some final words from you, Jon. I think we, we uh, certainly have, like what we have heard from everyone today is, uh, is points on around data and how much data we have available and how that becomes a challenge in itself and how we try to, to sort of consolidate things and be able to, to uh, make it in an intuitive way and use the data rather than just collate it and uh, also or collect it rather. And also, I think very important to look at uh, how we look at the quality of data because it's still uh, key parameters are still perhaps not recorded in a scientifically accurate way, like fuel consumption for most ships are manually collated, collected still. And that's, that is an issue when we are starting to do emission reports on, based on that, for instance. Thanks. Um, and final, Renz. Some uh, key takeaways from you before we uh, um, kill the panel. Yeah, I think you should because I think Annie is freaking out already. I don't know if she's, she'll pull the plug very soon, but uh, no, thanks guys. That was great talking uh, to you about uh, about this. I, the key insight is it's, it's going to happen. 
the only thing is in our industry, we need to do it professionally. That, that was the only thing I have, you know, it needs to be reliable, it needs to be mature. The last thing I want to have on our ships is, is gadgets. And unfortunately, the, the whole industry, I mean, the IT industry, there's still a lot of gadgets around. Perfect. Yeah, no, fully understood. Thanks, guys. Thanks to Leslie, PIL, uh, Tilo from Sondrio, Jom from Cordex, and Rens from Bergebok. And thank you to Capital Link for uh, inviting us all to have this discussion today. Over and out from Singapore. <laughs>